Gridiron Grinder! Hut hut hike! Alright, it's Gridiron Grinder time. Thursday night this week, not Friday. Uh, I'm Ryan. With me as always is my buddy at James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, this is episode 108. And uh, for tonight, we're going to pick things up yet again from where we left off last week. Uh, we're going to do our AFC and NFC South outlook for the 2022 season. Uh, and so for the agenda, pretty standard stuff. We're going to kick things off with Name That Stadium. Uh, then we'll hit the news from this past week. After that, we'll dig into our outlook for AFC, NFC South, uh, and we'll close things off with question of the week. And so uh, with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? Hey, it's going, man. It's going. Um, you know, I'll say we had uh, another week of positive numbers for the show. Uh, and so I think people are liking this segment. They're liking, you know, they're probably getting excited because football's almost here. Uh, and I know it's just like, you know, small time for anybody else, but it's it's pretty big for us. So I'm happy about it. But, uh, you know, hey, for anybody who's watching, let's keep it rolling, man. You know, hit us up. If you haven't subscribed, come on. We want those double digits back. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. That's uh, that's what I want to hear. Uh, okay, so let's move it over, James, and let's talk Name That Stadium. Uh, this is the part of the show for anybody who's watching. You can see James is out there traveling the country. Uh, he's got a different stadium in his background every week, and it's simple. We're just asking if you think you know what stadium that is, hit us up in our comments section. If you're the first person to get the right answer, uh, we'll give you a shout-out next week's show. And so, James, where were you at last week, man? Last week, the obvious one, I was at SoFi. Basically, you know, we were going over the Western Division, both conferences, and I thought the best two teams, possibly the best two teams in both in NFC and AFC, are based in SoFi Stadium, so couldn't resist. Yeah, that's a uh, that's like a double whammy of sorts. Uh, I like how you did that, and uh, you kind of gave a, a little clue to people as to what stadium you might be in tonight. Uh, and, you know, I know which one you're at. That's actually one of my favorite stadiums, so that's cool. But, uh, you know, let's see if anybody takes us on this week, man. We didn't have any takers last time. And so, you know, I keep telling you guys, it's a super special shout-out. One day there might be swag. Come on, get in on the action. But, uh, you know, well, not so much. Some people some people just don't pay attention. The, the picture I use last week i mean as soon as i put put it up on my my skype my wife was helping me with the with the lighting a little bit and she's like oh you're at sofi because right <laughs> above my head it said sofi stadium yeah yeah i mean there were uh yeah some obvious uh yeah things sticking out i got you so all right cool pay attention yeah pay attention and uh it just you know if you don't know just guess you know I mean, we're not going to make fun of you. We want the interaction. So, uh, but all right, let's move it on. Let's do our recap of the past week. Uh, and so, James, man, you know, I was going to ask you if you watched episode two of Hard Knocks, but you told me right before the show you didn't. Uh, bummed out. You missed some pretty cool stuff, but I know you'll watch it. I know you'll catch up on it. You just didn't have time. And we're doing it early, so, you know, you get a free pass. But, uh, man. Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo, as they call him, looking good so far for a, uh, shit, I think he was a six-round pick. I know it was late, but, um, you know, yeah, and, it's, like and it's tough to evaluate because, you know, he's new, he's, he's a rookie, there's not a lot of tape, it's a small sample size, uh, but also the rest of the Lions linebacking core is like super freaking weak, and it sucks, but... I like this guy. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, we caught a little diamond in the rough with him. Be super pumped about that, man. Yeah, he was a six-round pick, number 188 overall. Thank you. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spill the beans for the rest of it. But uh, there's, there, it was a good episode. You know, the first one, I think there was so much hype for us as Lions fans that the second one, I kind of had to slow myself down a little bit. But uh, 
it was still good, man. You'll like it. So I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep that tight of a lid on it. Uh, okay. Moving on here, James, you know, a week goes by, not a week goes by, uh, that we can't talk about to Sean Watson. And, um, you know, hopefully there's an end in sight and it sounds like we've got at least some resolution here. Uh, you pointed it out to me, uh, earlier, I think yesterday or maybe earlier today that, uh, him in the league, they've agreed to a revised, uh, punishment, whatever you want to call it. He's going to be suspended for 11 games and pay a $5 million fine now. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. I mean, <laughs> the league, the league cave, they, sh- they should have should have stuck with their guns. I guarantee you that the independent arbitrate independent arbitrator was just yeah. going to give the league what the fuck they wanted and suspend them for a full season. But no, there's, there's some interesting, interesting aspects to it besides just the suspension. Um, he has to go through, what was it? There was, there was oh, they're, weird... they're like approved massage therapists or whatever. Um, I knew, uh, yeah, I know there was like some restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has to go through counseling. Okay. And then the motherfucker says he's going to continue to stand on his fucking innocence. Like I saw like, that. Yeah. Jesus. Good Lord. Like, like son, obviously you're not innocent of something. There was enough evidence that you violated the league's fucking policy how are you going to say you're, you're going to stand on your innocence and accept this? This this is what I'm saying. You're not taking any fucking responsibility yeah. for your actions. And yeah. come on. I think it's like, you know, you got the two sides of I'm sure I'm sure there's some people out there somewhere support him. And they, they try to say, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And on the criminal side, there wasn't enough apparently to do that uh on the civil side it's a little different and then i think you just get a lot of people that say man it just looks bad where there's smoke there's fire uh you had to do something wrong here and but i think at this stage of the game it's like everybody has their mind made up either you think he's a bad guy and he did something wrong or you you, you're saying hey come on you know like there's not enough there uh don't be wrongfully convicting a guy until you got that that evidence. And so I think everybody's kind of made up their minds and, you know, unless there's like some new piece of evidence, you know, I would say probably the vast majority of people think he's in that bad guy camp. (laughs) So first and first and foremost, you don't have to be criminally convicted to have violated the personal conduct policy. I will, I will cite, cite the example of Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended for violating the personal conduct policy. Yeah. Six was it six games? I was thinking it was four, but it might have been. Six. Oh, maybe it was maybe it was for four. When he was when he was acute, he was accused of rape. He wasn't criminally charged because there wasn't enough evidence. And there's a difference between not having enough evidence to charge somebody and being found innocent. No, I I hear everything you're saying, um, and yeah, I mean that's why the league has a conduct policy to kind of try to, you know, do I guess a little better than what the law could call for. Because mm-hmm. you could you could get away you could commit a crime and get away with it we know that it's just um, it's yeah I'm I'm just calling out the you know from the criminal side I mean hey they're saying you know there's not enough there he's innocent we don't a hundred percent know all I'm saying is there is some doubt because we weren't in those rooms we're not there, these women you know there is doubt there is there is there is doubt um, on the criminal side you have to have to prove beyond for if if you're charged, you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that yeah. you committed committed the crime. And for for those of you that don't know what a reason what reasonable doubt means, it's basically a a question about the actual actual commit commission of the crime that a reasonable person would have based on the evidence pre- presented. To violate the the personal conduct policy and for a civil lawsuit, it just has to be a. Pre- preponderance of evidence which is basically 51 percent shows that you did it yeah um or it's 51 percent likely you did it there's not the reasonable doubt i know this because i deal deal 
with in my yeah. job I deal with criminal versus civil stuff a lot. Yeah, and you would say the the volume of women that came out against him, you know, just that alone probably for the average person is going to put you past fifty one percent. Yeah, and and even on the the first hearing, it or the Sue L. Robinson's decision, she said that the NFL carried its burden to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that Mr. Watson violated po the policy by engaging in sexual assault, conduct that poses a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person, and conduct that undermines or puts at risk the integrity of the NFL. Mm -hmm. So yeah. right there, right there, I mean, both sides presented their arguments, and she found that he he violated the policy. So then it's just a matter of what the suspension should be. I got gotcha. you. When you have 20 some, what was it? 22 lawsuits filed against him. According to some reports, you're talking possibly up to 64 different masseurs yep. yep. that, that he contacted. I mean, this is a prolonged period of, of violating the policy. Plus a lot of these, these massages occurred during a COVID season when there were severe restrictions on what a player could and could not do. So yeah. just right there, by having the massage, he violated the COVID policy, which was negotiated by the league and the their bubble atmosphere where you couldn't go out, you couldn't basically you could basically do nothing as an NFL player because to protect the rest of the league. So by doing so, even even there, he put the entire health the health of his team and the team his team was playing that in 2020 at risk by yeah. having these massages. Yeah. You know, I'll just say you covered it well and you do every time we talk about it. Uh, hopefully we're coming to an end with it. I, yeah, I think no this shit. could be, this could be the resolution because from here, you know, you're just going to get the booze and the things like that. And then it'll, it'll fade away, but I'm going to, I'm going to cover it in question of the week. I'm just going to give you the heads up now. And then, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we don't have to talk about it for a while. So, uh, all right, moving on here, man. EA Sports, Madden, the video game. Uh, you know, James, I read an article the other day saying that they are going to be making significant changes for Madden 23, uh, which, uh, you know, I guess it, I thought it was out already or, you know, they got the cover and everything and they did the ratings, but. I guess maybe there's still some software things or whatever they can be working on in the background, or maybe they already did and they're just part of it and people are, you know, waiting to experience it. But, you know, it's like, it's like this. And I say this from personal experience, but I know there's like a massive group of Madden loyalists that have gotten frustrated in recent years. The game, it's just like they would put cool names to like some of the new features uh, but like, it really wasn't like a significant change. And it's like, I, I, I kind of feel like at some point the game has come so far and gotten so good, you know, how much can you really change? But then it's like, I don't know, man, I feel like it's actually started going backwards. Uh, I've not been as big of a fan as the gameplay in the recent years. I don't like the way they changed the, uh, like the training and how you can, you know, improve people's attributes and whatever they've like packaged it all up and, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's weird, but like, there's a whole wave of people that are pissed off about Madden. And so Madden has come out, EA sports rather has come out saying, Hey, look, we've made a lot of changes. We believe the game's going to be a lot better, a lot more exciting this year. Uh, and they're wanting the gamers to actually, uh, vouch for that and back it up. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath, James. I probably won't buy the game, just full disclosure. Uh, at least not unless, you know, somebody I trust like you says, oh, I got it. And it's fucking sweet. Uh, otherwise, I'm sticking with like Madden 2018 is the last one I really did. So, yeah. yeah. So so it's actually released on August 19th tomorrow. So by okay. the time this is posted, Thank it will, will have been re released. Uh, according to some of the features, um, the franchise mode, the franchise mode will feature new additions, free agency tools, additional trade factors. The Xbox PS5 version of the game will include new defensive animations, including mid-air collisions and tackle assists, as well as more precise passing mechanics on offense. 
The game will also have player-locked touchdown camera views, additional player silhouette body types, and improved stadium details. And the, the best part about this is, is Madden set up a phone line for gamers to call and complain about players' ratings being too low. <laughs> uh, what about the ones that are too high? They're not complaining uh, it about that. that. It, just says, it just says too low. Okay. Okay. And that was the... Okay, I you mean, can, you yeah. can complain about Madden ratings. The site, the 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 actual. If you go to the reference material, um, it's it's the Madden NFL rating hotline, and can call for the chance to speak with a Madden rating adjuster to share their two cents or leave messages on their on their feedback. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, they're, they're those, trying. Those, those, of, uh, those that are watching, the number is 689-278-3030. And we'll pop it up on the screen, but we won't because I'm not going to take the time to do that. But um, <laughs> thanks for giving them the number, James. I would bet that the, uh, the majority of the people playing Madden and watching the show uh, don't want to make a phone call. They would rather oh. probably uh, text somebody or hit them up on their contact us part of the web page. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, hey, you know, I, I've loved Madden for years, and uh, it's a bummer the guy passed away, but the game will go on, and, you know, hopefully their revamp of it gets me excited again and gets me back into it. If not, it's okay. I'm fine playing the old one. I'm still going to play Madden. It's just, you know, if the new one doesn't get me fired up, then so be it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you um, the link to, to this website because it has a uh has a snapshot or a screenshot of in apparently in-game action and it looks pretty good. Okay. So I'll just over. I'll just send you that link that link so you can uh, check it out. All right. Uh, all right. So while you're doing that, James, oh, I got the beep on Skype. It's there. Uh, Derwin James signed yes. a nice hefty extension, 4 year, 76 and a half million dollars. Good for that guy. Um, you know, it's one of these ones where early in his career, the guy was hurt a lot. And people were wondering, was it ever going to work out for him? Because when he's on the field, he is electric. But he missed a ton of time. And it's like he, he stayed like just healthy enough at the right time <laughs> to get the deal. And I'm hoping this isn't one of these crazy like running back curses or trends where now that he's paid, the injuries are going to keep popping up, especially because the Chargers are primed. And James, man, I like this guy. Watching him play, holy shit, he is like a rare breed, man. Yeah, he's freaking phenomenal. And I like uh, Jalen Ramsey's uh, reaction to it. Apparently Ramsey, Ramsey's now, because, you know, they played at Florida State, um, basically said, let's go dinner on you now, little bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you, Hey, you make the big money, man. You got to support that entourage. Uh, of course, Jalen Ramsey's not hurting. So, you know, it's all good either way. Uh, okay. So next up, I got Drew Locke, James, I believe playing right now is, uh, out tonight no, with COVID. Yeah. He, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. The, his team is playing right now. Yeah. He's out for yes, COVID, yes. uh, with COVID. And, you know, it's it's strange because I, I read an article the other day where this guy was, like, pointing out some of the comments that Pete Carroll makes. And it's like um, they're saying, you know, Geno Smith, slow and steady, unspectacular, uh, Drew Locke. You know, he has, like, these random splash plays that are really exciting. Uh, but then he also has, like, the random just really poor mental error and has a fumble or a pick or whatever. Uh, and it seems like Pete Carroll is like messaging that he really likes Geno Smith, which makes sense because he's a run first guy. Geno Smith gives him that safe game manager quarterback. Uh, I just hope that they can squeak something out of their defense. Otherwise, I mean, they're just they're just messed up this year. I mean, we talked about him last week. I, I got him at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I don't know what to say about I, I seriously I don't understand what the hell they're thinking up there. Is there is there something that we haven't seen out of Drew Locke and or Geno Smith that makes us think that he's they should be a starter? I don't know, man. I really don't know. I think it's um Oh no, it wouldn't let me pull up the page. I'm trying to go I just got the link. Um you know, it's like for both of these guys, I don't know, man. I just see them as backups. And Geno Smith, he's shown me a couple things here and there where I'm like, ah, okay, maybe, but still backup level. Uh, and it just seems like this was like a big quarterback shakeup year. They had an opportunity to make a move and they didn't do it. And that's and that's fine. Maybe they're maybe this is like Pete Carroll saying, hey, you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna tank. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that look good coming out next year. We're going to get our guy that gives me time to rebuild the defense, do my things, and then we'll pick up where we left off. Who knows, you know? Yeah, so I was looking at one article, and it was the for, for them, and it was the top 200, uh, what was that? Let me get back. Top two. Top 200 PPR fantasy football rankings. Okay. And it doesn't have either of them in the top 200. Oh, no way, dude. They were, they were, I was telling you, uh, like when I looked at them on lineups, man, they're the both the bare minimum 67 overall rating, man. So a little bit, a little bit about these lineups. There's 67 wide receivers, 11 kickers. 26 tight ends, 60 running backs, and 26 um, quarterbacks. The lowest-rated yeah. quarterback on their, their list is Zach Wilson. Okay. Which and somehow— what's his, what's his rating? Does it show it? It's They have him at number 193, 26th best quarterback in the league. Oh, I was going to say, do they show a rating for him? I bet he's like the—if we looked at lineups, I bet he's at the bottom with a 67, too. In fact, I'll check it out because, yeah, I don't know, maybe because last year was his rookie year. Maybe they gave him a little bump, a sympathy bump. I love looking at lineups, man. And I, I found that they're pretty close uh, to the Madden ratings as long as the player is a 67 or above because lineups stops at 67 Madden brings guys all the way down into the fifties, which, you know, that's, that's nice too. And I always, man, it's like every time I used to play Madden, it's like, obviously you're cutting those guys, you know, like mm -hmm. I know they got to be in there and that's fine. And I'm sure like shit, man, if I was on Madden with like a 56 rating, oh my God, I'd, I'd be, it would like make my life, man. And so it's like, I don't want to knock those guys. It just, uh, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. All right, Zach Wilson. Oh, he's got a 72, James. A lot more than I thought. But, you know, like I said, his rookie year was last year. Yep, Geno Smith and Drew Locke, 67, bottom of the barrel. Nothing's changed. And lineups does update their stuff quite a bit. So, you know, if one of these guys starts playing better or whatever, they might get a little bump. We'll see what happens. Uh, and so, James, you know, moving on. Um, the last piece I got here is, uh, talking about Malcolm Butler for a second, Super Bowl hero back in the day with the Patriots and then brushed away, uh, bounced around Tennessee, Arizona back with new England. Um, looks like he's been moved to IR. He's going to be out for the season. And so the, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, the homecoming to new England didn't last long. I heard he was on the fringe of making the roster anyhow, which is, it's a bummer. I like him a lot, but hopefully he gets healthy and he comes back somewhere else next year. So, Yeah, I, I missed, missed that news this week. What do you got? What did I miss? Uh, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, the no definitive return date? Ooh. Yeah. People are freaking James. According to Bowles, Bowles was asked about when he was uh, would would actually return, and because you know his return or his absence was 
pre-planned and yeah and so so the earth basically you know his 10-day absence august 22nd was the day he, he didn't provide a clear date he said we'll see We'll talk about it next week. Not concerned about it right now. We're trying to practice against Tennessee and play a game. I said, sometime after Tennessee, there's no definitive date for me, but we'll check on it. We'll keep in touch and we'll find out. So how the fuck is it a pre-planned absence if you don't even know when he's supposed to fucking return? Seriously. Yeah. It, well, it, I guess it was maybe maybe you would say a planned absence with a uh, uh, unspecified return date so it was like it wasn't oh i'm not showing up today i had something come up it's uh hey starting next week i gotta be out for a while but yeah, yeah. like they 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 didn't communicate it properly <laughs> yeah and and also this this is so this whole absence thing is so anti Tom Brady's image where he's, you know, the hardest worker and that's why he's successful and this and that. And, he, you know, he studies film. I mean, I mean, fuck when I remember seeing videos or, or pictures of Peyton Manning when he was when he was injured and couldn't couldn't yep. couldn't practice. He'd be sitting in a fucking ice bath with a with a TV watching the practice with his helmet on so he could hear the play calls. And it's like. Brady's just like, eh, I'll come when I come. Yeah. Well, he's that good. He's the GOAT. But I, I can tell you're feeling sour on him right now, James. I've always been sour on Tom Brady. I never <laughs> never really liked him. And I think this, I think this is bullshit tell, that he just yeah. takes a random 10 days off. What, yeah. what, he his trip to Italy or Europe or wherever the fuck he yeah. went over the summer wasn't good enough? He has to take his kids... Kids on a on a vacation before school starts, or well, or... he reneged on his retirement, man. So he owes him one. You know, I here I'll tell you this: my view on him has been like a roller coaster ride. When they won those first couple Super Bowls, and you know, it was like they were kind of like underdogs, man. It was exciting, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, freaking six round pick, all this stuff. It was like, fuck, that's sweet. And then they got cocky and they started doing their humble pie bull crap, which is like, hey, you're not humble if like you're freaking out about humble pie every week and you're doing T-shirts and all the stupid shit. And so like then it was like he was like vilified and it was like or whatever, villainized. I don't even know what the word is, but it's like and I was like, man, I don't like this guy anymore. Forget this guy. Somebody needs to put him in his place. And the Giants got him a couple times, which was cool. And it was like, oh, sweet. You know, like. That's what you get for talking all that shit, you know, that it's, uh, and then it was like, okay, you know, some time passed and he started winning again. And it was like, uh, okay, you know, now that he's like got the record, it's now I'm just like, fuck it, dude, just keep, just keep making that record even harder to get, you know, like it's such a rare thing. Let's just see how much you can do. And especially at his age, I'm like, Jesus, man, the guy just keeps like lighting it up every year. Like every quarterback falls off a cliff at some point and it hasn't happened to him yet. It's just phenomenal, man. Yeah, I know. I've, I've never liked him. I'm not. You don't have I'm, to like him. I'm not real. Not, not a Michigan fan. I haven't liked him forever. Yeah. That's a and, whole and, different story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're, you're dying on that hill. Don't like him. Never. Yeah. Did. I, don't like him, never did. And apparently, Antonio Brown had to had to got had to chime in about his absence. Um, okay, I I missed that, but let's hear it. You know, AB, what's up? I'm I'm looking for. It. I miss Antonio Brown. I'm still bummed out. He went crazy. I'm looking for. Uh, in fact, maybe that'll be a future question of the week. Had he not gone crazy, would he be a future Hall of Famer? <laughs> because, man, his stats were fucking top of the league for a long time. And then he just fucking lost his shit, and it was like game over, man. Yeah, so I will say this. Antonio Brown, Hall of Fame talent, but he's a clown. Yeah, and I don't know if you could say he's got the Hall of Fame career because of the way his career was cut short. Mm-hmm. Which is his own doing. Yeah, completely his own doing. 
All right. What else do you get news-wise? Are you ready to move on, man? I'm ready to move on because you hinted at the question of the week, so I'll. Oh, I'll you want to save it? Okay. All right. I'll I'll save some other stuff I have. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to the uh, main event here, James. We're talking AFC, NFC South, 2022 outlook. Uh, yeah. You know, let's just dive right in. AFC South, man. Why don't you give me your predictions and a little bit of commentary? as to why and how you got there and all that kind of fun stuff. Give, give me one second. Um, so I just realized that, you know, I, I had to restart my computer right before we started and I forgot to reopen my, uh, my notes. So I just had to get it open real quick. All right. So mm-hmm. you said AFC South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So I have Jacksonville at the bottom at three and 14. Okay. I have Houston at four and thirteen. Okay. Then I have Tennessee at eleven and six. Okay. And I have Indianapolis at twelve and five. So Jacksonville, you know, I think they were um I think the new term is gonna be Urban Mired. Uh, you know Urban how how Myers. how like you, you have the Jets who are players for the Jets, they get Jets or they get Gase if they if they were coached by Adam Gase. I think this is gonna be Urban Mired. Uh, last year they I mean, that was just such a shit show yep. with Urban Meyer. And they have they have a lot of a lot of work to do. If they if they had a legitimate coach last year, not saying Urban Meyer is not a legitimate coach, they had a legitimate NFL coach last year. This and continue over this year, the team would be further along. But since they have to start all over with the new coach, um, they're I have them at three and fourteen. But last year, you know, I thought they win like a couple games. I think I had them at two. So this isn't it's still an upgrade. But but you gotta remember last year they didn't have ETN all yep. season. They have they have him now. There's not they're not talking about putting him at wide receiver like fucking Urban Meyer was. Like what the fuck was yeah, he talking? That, that just was bad. It's like, are you serious? What's going on here, man? So at Houston, you know, I might bump them up a little bit when it comes down to it because you know, I'm liking Houston. My general take on them is they currently don't want any players, any players that have talent. Okay. But you know, the more I'm watching, the more I'm reading. I, I'm really liking. I'm start, really starting to jump on the Davis Mills bandwagon. And yeah, I, I, I'm hoping the best for that guy, man. He yeah. he's definitely been a major overperformer. I mean, that guy is earning it every freaking day. Yeah, and and you know, and they they made a move or two that they actually had talent coming in instead of just trading away all their talent. So they might actually, when it's all said and done, bump up like a couple games, some maybe even six wins this year. Last year, I thought they would win zero, and yeah. they won four. Yeah, I mean, they so they, I they worked hard, man. Excuse me, I couldn't pick them below four. Four four wins this year, just because, just because I kind of like what I'm seeing there, and I like that grit of those players. I think it was a shame that they fired was it David Cully? Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got four wins out of a crap team. It's like give the guy a chance now, you know. Exactly, and so we'll see what happens in Houston. We'll see where where I take them, but right now I have them at uh, four and thirteen. Okay. Uh, Tennessee. You know, I really think eleven and six for Tennessee is one of those I'm I'm banking on banking on Henry being Henry. I'm banking yeah. on like, like I'm banking on Tannehill being able to be halfway decent. I'm banking on that defense turning it around. Um so this this ultimately might be too high of a number of wins for them because any one of those things fault theirs, you know, yeah, I don't know how it good it could be ugly. Be. But then again, last year when Henry went down, I said, oh, for you can forget about Tennessee and they still won the division. Would they, yeah. were they 12 and 5 last year, 11 and 6, something like that? James, we talk about it every year. The, the talent on the roster is always way lower than their output, which just goes like to show how above and beyond Vrabel has been as a mm-hmm. coach for that team. Yeah, and and it's like with with them, I mean, 
actually pull the record real quick because I think it's like they they were twelve and five. I was right the first time, and didn't Henry go down like week five, week six? trying to remember when it was i know he was just like destroying it before he got hurt he had he was like 300 yards ahead of uh uh jonathan taylor when he got hurt man and jonathan taylor ended up having like a dynamite year but it was like you know derrick henry was just in a league of his own man yeah i was i wanted to look up when he how many games he played last year real quick but professional says he played eight okay so he, he played eight and then he came back in the postseason so it was week eight he got injured gotcha. I mean, still like Tennessee in week eight was and this is this is the shocker because I think they if I remember correctly yeah they had almost an identical record after week eight is before week eight. They were Yeah. Yeah, like Henry was the only two, guy doing work, man. Yeah. And then, you know, six they, and two before, six and three after. So I mean they didn't lose they lost to a couple crap teams last year. Well, yeah. Two crap teams, but they, I mean they lost to Houston, they lost to the Jets. Yeah, the Jets game that was a big upset. Nobody was expecting that. Yeah. So so I mean I, it's hard for me to to say they're gonna win less games right now yep. than eleven, assuming because I'm assuming health, and even not assuming health with that, I think you're right. Grable just does something and truly yeah. inspires these it, players it, to. Yeah, you can't outperform. you can't predict injuries, so it's I know what you're saying. Yeah, and this one I definitely am gonna gonna downgrade. Um. I haven't decided how I want to downgrade it, and I can't figure it out. Like with Indy, with Indy at twelve and five, like things I'm seeing coming out of coming out of camp and injuries they're having, and it's just like and Matt Ryan at quarterback who who was way over the hill and like he was struggling at Atlanta in Atlanta towards the end there. Yeah, he didn't have the receivers, but who do, who do they have at receiver in Indy? Yeah, I think the difference is he didn't have the offensive line either. Right. And so, but, uh, I, but, but I'm at least he'll have a chance, yeah, to you know hold on to the ball for an extra half a second. And and, you know. and and towards the towards the end, of Atlanta they didn't have the running game; they were purely passing. Yeah. So, and I like uh, what the fuck's his name? You're talking about Frank Reich, their coach? No, no, the running back. Uh, oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, thank you. Yeah, he's I a like, beast, man. I was like, Jonathan Adams, no, that's not right. And, I got and, your back. So I, I, I love him at running back. I thought I thought he should have gone higher than he went in the draft. Yeah. And I was, I was, ex, I was ex, so happy for Indy because that's a good – I mean, yeah. I was happy for Indy, but it kind of sucked for those fantasy owners that had Marlon Mack. Um, but, yeah. hey, you still, you still won the league, so <laughs> – uh, I would have preferred the Lions drafted Jonathan Taylor. I mean, we talked about that a lot, but uh-huh. uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, all right, so James, I'll give you my take here. And, you know, this is coming from the infamous model that I build. Uh, and it had some shockers in this division, in my opinion. At the top, it had Indy at 14-3, and three, uh, which I'm with you. It needs to be discounted a little bit. That's pretty high. I I like I like their talent level. I like their coaching. It just seems a bit much because yeah, Ryan's over the hill. Uh, they've got Michael Pittman Jr., but not much other than him. And you know, Jonathan Taylor's great, uh, but that offensive line, you know, it's looking pretty dicey at left tackle right now. I'm just you know, we just need to see it come together and I'll massage the model as I get a better grip on things and we'll see where it goes. But, um, this is where you're going to start to feel some shock here, James. I got Jacksonville in second place in this division at five and 12. I mean, it, it falls off a cliff buddy. And, um, this is my unbiased pumped it in the model. Everybody's on the same 
freaking algorithm and uh, I used uh, unbiased player ratings, coach ratings, all these things. Uh, I could see Jacksonville at five and 12. I think that they've got a good coach now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's going to take a step up now that he's got a good quarterback minded coach working with him. Like you said, they get ETN back uh, and they've made some moves, you know, like it just, it's, I'm not expecting anything earth shattering, but I think five wins is definitely attainable. The biggest surprise, which with, I, I with Jacksonville to t- touch on them a little bit, like, like yeah. I have them at three and fourteen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're eight and nine, nine and eight this year. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's how variable I think this team is. That's the range. I think their ceiling's probably eight, nine wins, but yeah. I think it's definitely attainable for that team, especially looking at the division. And you're gonna, you're gonna go go into the next. <laughs> Next crap teams in yeah. the division, but I I agree with you. This division it's kind of it's it's kind of a weak division. So I could see what you're saying five and twelve. It, it is. Um, in in the biggest shock for me, maybe the biggest shock in the model altogether, is that it spit out Tennessee at four and thirteen. And I mean, I went back through it. And there are six games decided within three points in the model. And so it's like, okay, if they won all six of those, we're talking 10 wins. What are the odds they win all six of those? And then it's like still, you know, no matter what, they've been winning 11, 12 games a year. I I see it coming down this year. It just, Mm -hmm. the model is saying something's going to give. And, um, you know, like we talked about, Vrabel, he'll coach their asses off, uh, but they're, I think, exposed heavily at wide receiver this year. I like Robert Woods, but he is coming back from a very serious injury, and the rest of those wide receivers are either unproven or they've just never really been a big factor in the league. And so that's risky. Uh, yeah, Derrick Henry coming off an injury, but he did play in the playoffs like you mentioned. Uh, I think the bigger thing is the offensive line. Didn't they lose Roger Saffold? I mean, it's going to be, uh, yeah. you know. And then and then just a couple of years ago, they lost, um, uh, um, what's his face? They lost Jack Conklin at right tackle a couple of years ago. I mean, it's like, man, that offensive line is going the wrong way. Uh, I think Tannehill, you know, we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly with him. If If he can provide the good, it gives him a chance. Uh, if he pulls a Carson Wentz and says, oh, my God, there's a rookie nipping at my heels and I'm just going to collapse, I think this team is in big-time trouble. And the defense, man, the defense, I just – that's really where they're the weakest when you look at their player ratings. Uh, the defense really is in trouble. But that's like the part that, in my opinion, Vrabel coaches them up the best. And so it's like – He's just got to work some magic this year, man. And I and I hope he does because I love Vrabel. I want to see this team succeed. But, I mean, I'm just telling you, the model is, like, way disagreeing with these guys this year. Uh, and so then, yeah, at, at the bottom of the division, I got Houston. Uh, and I've got them at 1-16, which I think they will beat that. Uh, they beat it last year with arguably a worse roster. Uh, but the model doesn't like them. The model doesn't like the offensive line. The model doesn't like the receivers behind Brandon Cooks. Uh, the model, I will say this with the model, um, the rookie Damian Pierce, James, this guy is like a freaking freight train. He looks good and uh, really low rating in the model right now. He's a guy that I can see getting significant boosts as we get closer to the season and then once the season starts. They might have struck gold on this guy. I mean, the tape I've seen so far, I'm just telling you, I haven't gotten excited about like a rookie like this running back in a long time. He looks good, but it's it's a very small sample size, so a lot can change. Uh, he's just a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, and then on defense, we know their defense is weak. You know, they've they've been losing pieces for a long time. Um, and I'm, I'm not really even sure what to say about their defense. I mean, they drafted a cornerback high. Uh, it just, they, they got an uphill battle. One win, that's drastic. That's what the model's saying. 
yeah they, they they should at least get to three or four but you know mm-hmm. the model says one either way it's got them at the bottom of the division that's where they're at bing bing boom all right to the nfc south yes please this one i had a little bit of movement and i had a little bit of not so much movement because i have to I'm, I'm waiting so at the bottom i have carolina at three and 14 okay i'm kind of Kind of waiting, trying to wait to see who, yeah, it's going to be Baker Mayfield, but I want to see Baker Mayfield play in that offense a little bit Yeah. as as the starter and actually be named the starter before I, I move them up at all. I think they, they have yeah. some movement up, but with Baker Mayfield, I don't know how much. Um, I think I think next year Matt Rule is uh, offensive coordinator at, in, Back college. in college somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think he lasts. I think they're just going to give up because, honestly, if Baker Mayfield's not not an 8, 9, 10-win quarterback, somewhere in that range this year, Carolina drops below that, I think they get rid of Matt Rule. I think David Tucker's yeah. going to lose patience. They should have went for Jimmy G. Should have went for Jimmy G. I agree with you. That defense looks freaking dominant again. And I know last year it was a hot and cold thing. Right now they're looking hot. You got McCaffrey back. Holy crap. If they just would have gotten Jimmy G, I'm telling you, it's at least a 500 team. Mm -hmm. They totally freaking messed it up, man. Uh, But I guess, you know, part of that's because they traded away all their freaking draft capital already and all sorts of other stuff. So whatever. But it is what it is. Keep going. So at – Second to last or third place in the division, I have the Falcons. Um, the Falcons. I don't know how to predict the Falcons. Like, hey, Mariota torched the Lions, man. <laughs> for what, like 115 yards. And, and, yeah, and it's deal. the Lions. It's not it's, good. It's the Lions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Mariota is ultimately the starter in Atlanta this year. Um, I think it's, it's what's his face, uh, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, Ritter. Thank you. I, just, I always get those confused, like Ritter and um, Willis. I get them confused. I got gotcha. you. For some reason, I don't know why. I just get them confused. Last week I was talking about Willis, and I said he went to Cincinnati. And oh yeah, hey. I, like I say, I got your back. All right. Second place in the division, and this is where the movement what, was. What was the uh, what was the record for Atlanta? Just so I got it. Five and twelve. Five and twelve. Okay. And and that's that's something to go down if I move Carolina up because if if I look at it, um, real quick, I think I had Carolina beating. Yeah, you no, could. Yeah, I had you Carolina could swap losing. I had Carolina losing both games to Atlanta. Yeah, that's that's right. So okay, that's that's those two teams could be it could you could they could ultimately end up flipping. I don't know. Uh, second place in the division, and this this is where I had my movement was was Tampa Bay. Okay. At ten and seven, I actually dropped them down by two, two or three wins. Um, and it's pure and simple. I think this 10-day absence of Brady kills the chemistry of the team, kills the chemistry of the quarterback to the wide receiver, uh, kills the work ethic of the team. Um, I think it it's a detriment to the team. Yeah, Brady might be more, might be refreshed after whatever the fuck he's doing for these 10 days. Yeah, they'll spin it the right way. Two weeks, but I think it I think it detracts from the team and having to answer these questions in the preseason, probably possibly going into like week one through one one two or three. Where you have to answer questions about about even even all season is this Tom Brady's last year is this yep. this this that I think it it becomes a distraction and okay. so I have Tampa Bay at ten and seven and you got them making the playoffs still or no I do have them making the playoffs okay um, I have them losing to wow <laughs> that's interesting. I have New Orleans at eleven and six, winning the division. Um, okay. I bumped them up. I think New Orleans' roster is more talented than Tampa Bay's roster as a whole. I got you. Yeah, um, I, I think if they had a stronger quarterback, 
it might flip it in the model, to be honest, because yeah, New Orleans roster is deep. Yeah, and and actually that that was the funny part is I realized I looked down at my playoff ranking, my playoff round by round, by round and I have I have New Orleans beating the Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs too. All right, getting spicy. So it's it's just kind of how it worked out that these two teams played each other. Do you have them swapping wins in the regular season, or is it New Orleans taking them three and zero? I think I have them. I'm just curious because a lot of times, you know, they say the good teams they go back and forth, and so it's like they, you know, they say when playoff time comes, it's like whoever is coming off the loss has the advantage to win because. You know, they know each other so well and they're evenly matched enough that it just it's just like punch for punch, it just goes back and forth. I had Tampa Bay, I had Tampa Bay losing both. Okay. I hey no biggie. I was just curious. So you got Tampa Bay 0 and three against New Orleans this year. Yeah. Man, that would be uh like Dennis Allen would he'd get like a freaking trophy. They'd be like, We're gonna like bronze you out in the parking lot because Everybody's expecting some collapse without Sean Payton. Yeah, and, and you know, I and this is kind of where I thought it would be. In my early, early, early records, I thought this would it, it would be like this, and and I, I went back through it and kind of, and then you had the Brady stuff, and I was like, I I finally said, okay, New Orleans is going to win this division, so. We'll we'll see. I think I think since I only have I have New Orleans at eleven and six, and I have Tampa Bay at ten and seven. If they if they swap wins, it could be Tampa Bay winning the division, then over New, over New Orleans because then they would have identical records, and I haven't gone through the tiebreakers for it. Yeah, yeah, they're close enough that anything can happen. I get that. Um, all right, so for me, you know, I'll give you uh, my top down is uh, Tampa Bay at fourteen and three. Model likes them. And, you know, keep in mind, in the model, um, the quarterback rating is a big factor in the model. And there's a significant difference between Brady and Jameis Winston. And so that gives Tampa Bay a nice boost in the model. Um, But I I do like what you mentioned about the Saints roster being deep because it really is. And it's like all across the board. They've got talent everywhere. I, I mean, it's. That's really impressive team building, and it's somehow they work out the fake cap situation. So, uh, but then I've got um, oh, and with Tampa Bay, um, I you know I've heard some rumblings about offensive line issues, which you expect. They they lost some guys. They've got some new guys. They're rotating some guys. They're trying to figure out. I think they'll figure it out. Um, and you know they had their center get hurt, whatever, some stuff there. Uh, but um, you know, the big thing I want people to keep an eye on is, man, they're saying the talent in the secondary this year is just off the charts. Like, they're they're saying they could arguably have the best secondary in the league this year. And, you know, um, we'll keep an eye on it. Antoine Winfield Jr., he's jumped up big time. Uh, you know, they got my guy Sean Murphy bunting from Central Michigan. Uh, looks like he actually got demoted a little bit because they got Antoine Winfield Jr. playing some nickel action. Uh, either way, I, I like what they've got going on there. Uh, Todd Bowles, man, he's quiet. You know, he's that leadership in 25 words or less. Uh, but I'm hoping it works out for him as his second run as a head coach. Uh, the Saints, James, I've got them. It occurred to me something we missed in the in the news that I, I want to say, say, what a tough motherfucker. What a tough motherfucker. Ken, Kenneth Walker. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Go he, had, he had to have a hernia repaired that apparently he had been playing with for a while, and it wasn't a sports hernia. And there was actually, like, the intestine through the fucking wall. Yeah. Of Which, which is ridiculous, but what a tough motherfucker to play with a fucking, his intestine sticking out his core muscle. Yeah, so James, I'll tell you, I've had two of those surgeries, um, both when I was younger. Not fun. Not fun when it like pops out of your 
freaking you know it's like poking out of your stomach like that but um you know i was young when i had my second surgery and uh the recovery really wasn't that bad but if you're a pro athlete um man i could see that really you got to make sure you get that right because those core muscles especially as a running back man well also word is is he was playing with it for a while yeah well, and, and I guess here, let me tell you this, and I don't know his case because, you know, depending on where it happens, it can be extremely painful uh, or it could be more of like a nuisance. And so like the second one that I had was like more of the nuisance variety where it's like uh, if I like pressed my stomach hard, if I don't, I don't know how else to say it, it would pop that like intestinal piece out. And I would just like tuck it back in. Uh, and it really wasn't that painful. The surgery was more painful than the hernia itself. But, uh, you know, I'm, I wasn't a pro athlete. I was like 10 years old. So, you know, just my two cents on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I just, yeah. So his, his availability for week one is they expect him back, but they're unsure. I mean, he's a running back. Don't rush it. Because that's got to be right for him. You wouldn't want him to like re-injure that hernia. Yeah. Um, all right. So Sparty on Kenneth Walker get better. Uh, I got the Saints. It's second in the division. James at ten and seven. Um, I mean, we covered him pretty well talking about both them and the Bucks. At third, I've got Carolina at three and fourteen. I'm with you. They're a disaster. They need Baker to step up. Uh, I do think, you know, looking at the model with them at 3-14, and 14, I think this could be a situation like we've seen in past years where their defense carries them a little bit, and maybe they get to five or so wins. Uh, and a lot of it all, too, depends on McCaffrey. If he stays healthy, it's a game-changer for him. But he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's been discounted in the model because of that. Uh, and so it's tough. You know, it's tough. Uh, and then at the bottom, I've got the Falcons at 2-15. and 15. I like what Mariota did against the Lions. He looked sharp. Uh, he's a veteran quarterback. He's finally getting another chance to start. But I just don't see enough talent on this roster. Um, the wide receivers, you know, Drake London got hurt. Hopefully he's okay and comes back. But you'd be counting on a rookie to really step it up. And then we've talked a lot about Cordero Patterson. Can he really replicate what he did last year when it was kind of like a gimmick role? I was shocked it worked as well as it did all year, man. And uh, and I, I hope it does because it's nice seeing him like really get some action. Uh, but then the defense, they haven't had a freaking pass rusher since like 1987. I don't even know. It's like been so long and so bad that, you know, they got A.J. Terrell at cornerback, and, and, like, that's it. You know, they're talking about Deion Jones maybe being out. I just – there's not a lot to like about Atlanta, which is a bummer because I like Arthur Smith. I, I want him to succeed as a head coach. I just don't think he's being put in a position to succeed. And there's only so much you can do. So, yeah, that's the long and the short of it, James. Yeah, I – can't really argue much because I can see my picks going or Atlanta being bottom of the barrel this year. You is know, that maybe... what you're trying to do? Is that are you trying to argue with me? No. You started no. that with I can't argue too much. Are you trying to argue with me, James? No, it was a way to agree with you. Okay. I'm just saying. I mean we can argue. We can play devil's a, advocate. It, it was a statement know. of agreement. I'm just saying, if you're gunning for me, motherfucker, then I'm coming after you. So, you know, let's just make it clear. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that was it. AFC, NFC South, 2022 Outlook. Any closing thoughts on that before we go to question of the week? As I was saying. Oh, okay. I in no way can see Tampa Bay going 14-3 and three this year. Hmm. No way in hell are they going to win 14 games. So you do want to argue with me? I Just that one point. 14-3 and three is a little <laughs> bit high for the win total in my mind. I agree. It does seem a little high. Uh, I don't put it past them. 
I think they'll get to 12 unless Brady's arm falls off a cliff. Or maybe he, we find out he's hurt and he's been hiding something or whatever. It's all what very suspicious. What if he just doesn't come back from his leave of absence? Well, yeah, then, then they're effed. Then they're yeah. not, I mean, then it's under 500, I'll tell you that. Um, but, yeah, no, that's cool, man. I mean, you know, it, the, the model likes Brady. The model likes the talent they have for Brady in terms of depth at wide receiver, strength on the offensive line, assuming they works out they work out the kinks. You know, Didn't four nets of a wide receiver. Didn't like Russell Gage get lost for get injured? Um, so you know, like their top three guys have all been dealing with injuries in one way or another. But um the last I heard they were all looking like they're on track to maybe Godwin being later than others or whatever, but that they feel like they've got it all covered except maybe at tight end they're a little bit weak. Okay. I I, I never followed up on it. Like I guess he just left practice early, but he's fine. Yeah. And then the defense, man, I just uh, I, I love their defense, man. I think they got a lot of talent on that defense. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if Brady can keep lighting it up, yeah, this is uh, this is one of the top teams in the NFC, in my opinion. So, um, all right. But so you're good or did you're I good. You know, good? OK, let's do question of the week here, James. And I'm going to bring it back to Deshaun Watson. Not going crazy. And, uh, you know. Uh, hopefully we'll stop talking about him for a while, but I just want to get your opinion. Is there any possible scenario that you can see where Deshaun Watson does not start after he comes off a suspension, assuming there's no new off the field issues physically, he's good to go. Uh, and I just ask because it, you know, it just popped in my head earlier and my gut just says like my gut and logic just says no way because his contract's fully guaranteed. If he's ready to go, they're going to play him. Uh, but then a part of me says, okay, even without him, the model has this team winning a ton of games and Jacoby Brissett has shown a lot of good when he's come off the bench, you know, and they got a soft start to the season. What if they have some crazy run where through 11 games, they're like fucking nine and two. And then you couple that with all their road games, people booing for Watson, even though he's not even starting. Could you see them just saying, Hey, let's just Brissett's hot. This team is hot. Just keep it going, man. So the real question is, when does Washington actually come back? Okay. Yes, his suspension is 11 games, but that can be extended because there's conditions on reinstatement. <clears throat> All right. Condition- so, yeah, explain, explain it to me so I, I'm crystal clear. <clears throat> okay. So, Watson cannot come back to play in the NFL until he goes through what they called a the settlement requires compliance with a professional evaluation and treatment plan by a third party behavioral expert if he doesn't comply with the treatment plan he can his, his reinstatement can be delayed okay so here's the question for you watson is showing no remorse you're right. What if what if part of the treatment plan they flag that? No, what if part of the treatment plan is is he he's asked to show remorse and if he doesn't show remorse then he's not he's not complying with the treatment plan so he won't be reinstated. And I'm talking about true remorse, not not bullshit yeah. fake remorse. Yeah, you're talking these are trained professionals that are going to get to the root of the issue and find out if he really is remorseful mm-hmm. or not. So you're saying there's a chance that he doesn't even play this year. There's still a chance. He he even after the settlement, he said, "I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence." Just because and... settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is guilty for anything. Okay. Oh, 
Okay. Okay. Also, if you look at look, okay, he say he complies with everything. He it's only eleven games. There is a scenario where I could see him not playing before okay. before the eleven game suspension. A projected win total was nine point five. Um, the over under after the suspension is now eight point five. They had a twenty five to one chance of winning the Super Bowl before thirty five uh, to one odds after. Blah 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 blah. Basically, what it boiled down to is they had a thirty five point three percent chance of making the playoffs. Okay. If by week eleven. Things haven't been going oh, their way. I didn't even think about it that they're way. They're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Why risk him getting Why hurt? Why risk him getting hurt? I didn't even think about it that way. Sit him for the rest of the season, possibly, since things are going so bad, possibly get a better draft pick, beat the team yeah. up, come back next year with a better team. Yeah, and just, you know, hey, we want all these rumblings to die down, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to team and post, keep him on the bench. Oh, the team's going to like, we're, we're benching him, you know, like, you know, whatever. Uh, I didn't even think about it that way, James, but that's why I like doing the show because there's um, a lot of different ways of looking at it. And yeah, if, if, if Brissett just like sucks mm-hmm. or like Nick Chubb gets hurt and Kareem Hunt, just like, you know, he's like, I want more money F you guys. Uh, what Anything could happen. And, yeah, if they're like freaking three and eight, they're like, yeah, I mean, why would we play this guy and risk him getting hurt in that injury going into next year? No way, man. I, I, okay, so there, is a, so there is a scenario, James. You just there answered the, the question. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, so. Basically, we'll wrap it up here. Um, Anybody who's watching, uh, hit us up for question of the week. James gave us some intriguing information there. Um, And also play Name That Stadium. Uh, But, uh, yeah, other than that, give us some likes, subscribe to this shit, and hit us up with some comments. We want to hear from you guys. We want these views to keep going up. We're having a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, next week, it's going to get dicey because we're talking about the NFC and the AFC North, which means we'll be talking Lions. So, uh, James, any closing thoughts, man? I don't think so. I think I hit all my points. Rodrigo for the Lions. Uh, Okay, cool. Well, good stuff, man. It was fun. I'll catch you later, James. All right, sounds good. Have a good one. Gridiron Grinder. Hut, hut, hike.